Hey, everybody. Coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch, I interview Allison Carlson. And she is more than a social media content creator, also known as an influencer. But she's also a wife, a future doula, a woman who has suffered through multiple difficult miscarriages, a survival of betrayal, anxiety, depression, and mother to a beautiful rainbow baby named Given. Yet she's also somebody who is willing to be open and vulnerable in hopes of making a difference and helping people see that in the grand scheme of things, we're all dealing with our own storms in life and that ultimately behind life storms, there are rainbows. In today's episode, Allison shares how challenges have truly shaped who she is today and how she continually finds that balance between living her life and sharing it. And I think this one's fascinating. She also talks about what led her to influencing, why influencing can carry such negative connotations. And she answers every question that I could think of that I've always wanted to ask a social successful influencer like, do you feel social media has an overall positive or negative effect on today's society? How do you deal with haters? What advice would you give to somebody who wants to become an influencer? How often are you approached by companies who want to represent their products? Do you turn down opportunities? And so much more. That and more coming up on today's episode of The Virtual Couch. Hey, everybody, I'll make this one quick. Now, as a therapist myself, of course, I recommend that everybody give therapy a try. Truly, we're all hanging on to some things that would be helpful to process, or there's things in our life that we might, uh, maybe we thought we'd achieve by now, or there's things that we desperately want to achieve so that we won't live a life full of regrets. Or there are people listening right now who may be noticing that their anxiety or their depression is getting a tiny bit more, uh, let's call it amplified, the longer that it's left untreated. You owe it to yourself or those around you, to your spouse, your kids, and actually, I guess, really the most important person is you to at the very least give therapy a try. So if you're nervous about finding the right fit, if you're worried about bumping into somebody in a therapy waiting room, if you have any worries about therapy, might I recommend that you go immediately to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash virtual couch, all one word, and take a look at the world of online therapy. Go check out what over 500,000 people have already done before you and uh, sign up right now. Go to betterhelp.com slash virtual couch. You'll get the help that you need. You'll get 10% off your first month services. They have a broad range of expertise and their counselor network, which might not be locally available in many areas. The service is available wherever you live. It's worldwide and you can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. You can get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you don't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Although I maintain that my waiting room is very nice and comfortable. Betterhelp.com will assess your needs, match you with your own licensed professional therapist and they have therapists that that specialize in everything all kinds of things ocd anxiety depression they use modalities such as acceptance and commitment therapy my favorite and you can start communicating typically in under 24 hours they're committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed nothing awkward about that whatsoever so uh, if you do go through betterhelp.com slash virtual couch again you'll receive 10 percent off your first month services so what are you waiting for you owe it to yourself and at the very least just go check it out go ahead pause the podcast right now go do it i'm not going anywhere um now let's get to the show Seventy-five of the virtual couch. I'm your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father, four, and uh, also uh, author of the now best-selling book. He's a porn addict now. What a former addict and an expert. I think it's the other way around. A former, an expert and a former addict to answer all of your questions. 
uh, where I play the role of the expert. I'm also the creator of The Path Back, which is an online pornography recovery program that is designed to help you reclaim your life from the harmful effects of pornography in a very strength-based, hold the shame, you can do this kind of way. And uh, if you are interested in learning how to put that behind you once and for all, head over to pathbackrecovery.com. And there you can download a short ebook that describes five common mistakes that people make when trying to put pornography or any type of compulsive sexual behavior behind them once and for all. Again, that's pathbackrecovery.com. And please visit the virtual couch on Instagram. You can also, uh, I'm trying to do more of the question and answers or maybe a little bit of Instagram TV with some good old therapist advice or answering questions. And uh, I would also encourage you to go to Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist Facebook page. I also have a virtual couch Facebook page that I started much later. So uh, I will be super honest. The Tony Overbay Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist page um, gets a little bit more attention, a little more love. But I need to spread that love to the virtual couch page as well. And uh, if you have a moment, if you like the podcast, please share it with somebody. That's the kind of the podcast currency or subscribe or rate, review, wherever you get your podcast. That would be wonderful. And while I have your attention, I'm going to be very brief with this, but uh, Salt Lake City, I'm going to be speaking at the Outlier Podcast Festival that's being held on Friday, January 24th and Saturday, January 25th. And I'm excited about the opportunity. I'm, I'm getting to speak on a topic that I know far too well, the concept of imposter syndrome and how truly living in, and in this case, podcasting by your values is absolutely necessary in order to just live a more, and I know these are buzzwords, I know these are cliched, but authentic empowered life. And you can find out more information at outlierpodfest.com and go find the link in the show notes. I've got a code or there that you can get 15% off your admission into the Outlier Podcast Festival. And on that note, I'm looking to possibly speak at a fireside on Sunday the 26th. And those plans kind of keep changing. They're a little bit up in the air. So if you happen to be in a position where you uh, might want someone to come and speak on whether it's marriage, uh, communication, um, you do a little bit with faith journey, faith transition as well, or uh, even the uh, the concept of overcoming pornography, um, just shoot me a email at contact at tonyoverbay.com. That would be fantastic. Let's get to the subject today. I, I am so excited about this interview that I'm, I interview um, a just a, a very fascinating woman named Allison Carlson. And Allison came to my attention because she we're kind of related. And we talk about that a little bit at the beginning of the podcast. But I, I just want you to know what I love about her. She's so she, she's a mom. Uh, she's a social media content creator, which is uh, a, also an influencer. And and I really think that you I would love it if you just kind of even if you don't know what an influencer is, even if you kind of maybe um, recoil when you hear the, the word influencer. If you're an old person like me, uh, you know, a boomer is uh, the big, uh, the words are going around these days, but that you really l- take the time to listen to this episode, because I think that she answers about every question that I could think to answer. And she's so open about it. And I'm so grateful for that. But before we get to that, what I love about Allison, and especially, so if you go find her on Instagram and her account is Allison Bailey one, the number one, and I'll of course link to that in the show notes as well. But uh, Allison's just real. She's very real. She's very open. She's very funny. Um, she she uses a lot of humor. And uh, and you know, again, I'm, I'm this old guy. I just turned fifty, and I think there's a part of me that um, had I not maybe uh, become a therapist, I would really be wondering uh, what is, what's up with the kids these days and all this Instagram and the influencing and that sort of thing. But it's here, and that's how that's how people market products. That's how people kind of. Um, build an audience. That's how, that, that's just kind of where we're at today. And Allison and I talk about that. And again, she does an amazing job. But before we even get to that though, she is is so real. She talks about navigating through some tough times 
And, and she really has been through a lot in her life. And so that's part of what I think is so just endearing about Allison and her account in particular and following along with her is she's really open about the things that she goes through. And we even talk about, and she does an amazing job with this. We talk about why, why do people put their lives out there, uh, you know, in this day and age as, as influencers, as social media content creators, what's that balance between sharing your life, living your life? Um, where are the boundaries? Where does privacy kind of come into play? What do you do when you when you have haters, as they say? And she covers all of that. But part of that navigating through the tough times is a beautiful part of the interview as well, where Allison talks about going through things from um, through miscarriages, uh, having a rainbow baby. And we're going to talk about that as well. Um, we talk openly about anxiety, about depression, about betrayal, about cutting and uh, about marriage and about communication. I mean, so many good things we talk about even before we get to the concept of influencing, which I think is is really, uh, I mean, I could have just interviewed her for another hour or two. So I think you're going to like this episode. Um, I could go on and on with the introduction, but how about we just get to the episode with my guest, Allison Carson. So, Allison, the the one thing that I'm curious about is what is, what is our relationship? Are we like? Is there a word? I mean, you're not like a sister in law. Oh, no. Let's see. No, I don't think there's a word for it. But my yeah. sister in law's dad. So. And my son in law's sister. Whatever. Yeah, I don't think there's an exact word for it, for it but that works. <laughs> make something up, maybe down the road. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Allison. Uh, welcome to the virtual couch. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Kind of nervous. We've been wanting you to be on for a long time. As a matter of fact, I can't <laughs> lie. Well before my daughter married your brother, my daughter had, had kind of tuned us into who you were and that, you know, she's like, Allison has a lot of followers. She's kind of, you know, she's, still, <laughs> you know, and so my wife and I started doing the thing where we're secretly following you. I mean, oh my gosh. Right. Little bit of and, and so that was kind of fun. And we felt like we got to know you. So then when I saw you at the wedding, there was that part and okay. And maybe I'm curious, do you run into this? We felt like we knew you. You had no idea who we were, right? Yeah. It doesn't happen very often because like I don't have a, like I have a, a I have a few followers. Like, you know, it's it's a good amount, but it's not like a million, you know? Yeah. So, I have ran into I remember once at Walmart, this girl came up to me and was like, "Are you Allison Bailey or something like that?" And Bailey's my middle name. So, okay. I was kind of like how do you know my middle name? Like I didn't even think of Instagram. And yeah. so she, it was just really kind of threw me off guard and I looked like really bad that day. So I was just like, <laughs> of course, the one day. <laughs> so every once in a while, it, it's just kind of fun to meet them. It's not, it doesn't like freak me out. It's just kind of like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. anybody, um, have you had people want to take pictures or that sort of thing? Are you, have you? Um, no, not necessarily take pictures. I've had people like talk to me. Like uh-huh. they ask me a lot of questions about it because they know me through it, but they won't be like, can I get a picture with you? Which I'm kind of happy about. I feel like right. that would kind of, that would kind of freak me out, but yeah. I know my sister-in-law gets that a lot. I don't know if it bothers her, but it just seems like nerve wracking to get pictures with random people. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, your sister-in-law does? Yeah. My sister-in-law actually taught me and like helped me a lot with influencing. And so I learned a lot about what I know from her and she's kind of like my um, inspiration a lot of the times because she She's my go-to person when I have questions and all that stuff. 
Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. So yeah. we'll even kind of talk, what, what's, uh, what's her name for anybody listening? Her name is JC Marie Smith is her name that she uses her. She's married to Cohen's brother. My husband is Cohen. So okay. she is now my sister-in-law. Yeah. Her, her Instagram is JC Marie Smith. She's okay. more of a fashion, fashion influencer, more fashion. Okay. I'm more like lifestyle family, that kind of Fun yeah. Stuff. Okay. And I'll throw all those links in the notes and that sort of thing awesome. too. So that'll be kind of fun. So, and, and before we even get to the influence, there's, you, there's so much more to you. And, uh, and yes. the part where when you really start to follow you, which, and, and I can be super honest, and this is where I feel like an old man. Um, but it's, you know, the more <laughs> I, I just haven't spent a lot of time following a lot of people through like the stories. I mean, I will through pictures, yeah. but, but boy, you really do. And, and I think what I was drawn to in particular is you've been very, you're very open, you're very authentic. You know, you kind of put yourself out there. Mm, and yeah, so, I try right? to be. Well, and so I want to, and so we'll get to the influencer part because I can't wait for that. But before we even do that, I would love to kind of just explore your background a little bit and some of the things that you do share about. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So where'd you grow up? So I grew up in Gilbert, Arizona. Okay. And I'm actually here right now visiting. Nice. Very nice and warm. Okay. Right. Uh, in which, uh, and you just moved, well, you're, you live in Utah? Yeah, we live in Utah right now. Or, okay. Yeah, we just moved here for Cohen's job. Okay. And before that, you were up in Rexburg. Really so cold. <laughs> I was going to say that today, and actually in our, uh, we were teaching a Sunday school class and we were just doing the, would you prefer this or that? And there was the, would you rather be warm or would you rather be hot? <laughs> You've got both extremes, right? I mean, Gilbert, you'll go. Cold or hot? Yeah. What's the hottest you get in Gilbert? It's been like 120, I want to say. So and cool. I actually don't mind it at all, but okay. I can't do cold. That's my yeah. answer. I think that is the correct answer. Everybody's saying they would rather be cold <laughs> and all that stuff. But I think, all right. I'll, <laughs> yeah, it's too much with both. And that is the final word that we would rather. It's okay. Yes. And, and so do you, out of curiosity, before we get too deep too. So do you have any nice uh, Mitch Lovell stories that you can share? That is my son-in-law. Nice. First uh, son-in-law. Uh, no, let's go with a little more. Uh, no, we don't need the nice. Like, uh, I don't know. Any, <laughs> ones that, any ones that now um, are married that I can hear that I wouldn't have wanted to hear before they were married? I'm trying to think. I mean, he was always such a good brother. There's no like bad ones, but he did shoot me in the nose once with a BB gun. I'm oh. sure you've heard about that. But he, I remember hearing about that at the wedding. I saw pictures of this. What happened? Yes. He, I don't really understand what he was doing. <laughs> I know he thought it was not um, loaded, the gun. And he aimed it at me. And I was in the living room. We were just inside, which yep. also blows my mind that he would shoot a gun inside. But it's a BB gun. And he... I was texting, I was actually texting my now husband, Cohen, when we were, this was, I was probably a junior in high school and oh, wow. he aimed it at my head. He said he was aiming at my temple Oh geez. and he shot me in the nose through this, this side of my nose and then through the middle. Well, and so we went to the ER or whatever and I got stitches and Mitch was crying. He thought he killed me. It was horrible. Like blood was everywhere and they had to drag me to the bathroom. It was not fun, but it's been okay. forgiven. Okay, good. Forgiven. And that was one of those where uh, you really now can laugh about it. Literally. Yeah. The time. yeah. That one's a little tough. All right. Um, Absolutely. Okay. Mitch, I still love you and you're still my favorite. <laughs> okay. um, all right. So married to Cohen. So uh, where'd you guys meet? Were you high school sweethearts? I mean, technically we met when I, it was the summer before I was in high school. So I was like eighth grade in the middle of eighth grade and ninth grade, but my sister, my older sister, Sydney introduced us and she introduced us by singing a song on her guitar that we were going to get married. Wow. Like the song was about how we were going to get married and it was very awkward, but we ended up getting married. So it was great. (laughs) But yeah, we just met through my sister and it was really fun. Okay. So I always like to ask the, you know, was it love at first sight? But I mean, at that age, is that kind of not necessarily the case? I mean, we, 
I definitely liked him right away. Like I thought he was super cute. And I remember speaking in Pig Latin to my sister about how cute he was. But I was, you know, I was like, what, 13 at that age? Yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, love. I thought he was super cute. And then my sister said that he liked me. So we held hands like a couple weeks later because everyone was pushing us to like each other. Um, He was so quiet that I didn't know if he liked me. And I feel like at that age, I, I just... I had already had a boyfriend for two years before that age. Wow. So I, I was used to, you know, someone telling me like, I like you and the boyfriend I had had for two years. So yes. I didn't think he liked me because he wasn't saying like, I like you. If right. that makes sense. Yes, At absolutely. that age, I was just so, so I didn't want to ask him cause I was too shy too. So I went and actually ended up dating someone else for another two and a half years because oh, okay. I, I was like, Oh, he doesn't like me. And I had met someone else around the same time. And, so I was proactive with the other person <laughs> instead yes. of Cohen, but it ended up turning out good. We actually ended up being just best friends throughout our whole like high school years. And it ended up really, obviously, great. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I love that you said that too. Do you feel like the when you then became friends, I mean, was that, do you feel like in hindsight that that was probably the best way to go? Yes. I actually always say to people about boyfriend and girlfriends that Every single person that I dated that I wasn't friends with first, we are yeah. not talking anymore. Like we aren't, we, you know, we aren't friends. We're not on great terms, but yeah. every person I dated that we were friends first, we're yeah. still friends. Okay. So I just think it's important. Well, it is. And there, you know, it's funny. There's a, if I, I mean, I want this to be about you. I mean, I, I have a podcast about um, levels of intimacy that I'm just, once I discovered this kind of concept, really? it was amazing. Yeah. And it's this, uh, this whole thing where we, you know, we typically find our partner by looks. I mean, we're just kind of, I mean, kind of the right. way we work as humans, but um, that, that physical intimacy, if we kind of call it that is actually, it's kind of like, I, I say it's this top rung on this ladder, but if you go down on the bottom rung, it's verbal intimacy. So really wanting to be able to just talk to somebody all day, yeah. like we can talk about anything. And, and then once you're, you've got that verbal dialed in, right. Yeah. And then once you, exactly. Yes. And once the verbal intimacy is dialed in, then you move up to, in this ladder, it's like emotional intimacy. Then I can kind of open up to them. Okay. Right. And then above that, you've yeah. Got cognitive and intellectual intimacy above that spiritual intimacy and then above that physical is kind of the byproduct so so you guys yeah kind of work we all get old anyway so <laughs> right <laughs> right so no i love that um what out of curiosity too what's uh well how long have you been married uh four years actually just this past month oh nice okay and yeah. then what's uh what's your favorite thing to do or what's your guys kind of go-to date um i love going to the movie theater but with a baby it's kind of hard to do that I would just say we just hang out, mostly go out to eat yeah. if we bring our son and yeah, just anything that we're just hanging out really. Okay. Can we talk about your son for a second? Yeah, of like, course. Baby in the whole wide world. Um, <laughs> what, what, uh, what's your son's name? His name is Given. Hey everybody, we're going to take a short break and then you're going to hear more from Allison Carlson. Attention all future and current podcasters. I want to take a minute and talk to you about Blueberry Podcasting. If you are currently hosting your podcast elsewhere, or even if you're thinking about starting up your own podcast, and I know that there's a good chance that you really are. True story. I get a few emails every week from people who want to start their own podcast. They're looking for some advice, um, what equipment to buy, what recording software to use, and what do you even do once you have your podcast recorded? And that is where Blueberry Podcasting comes into play. They were the first to be IAB certified, which trust me, as literally thousands of podcasts come online on a daily basis. Seriously, there are currently over 800,000 podcasts on the market and growing daily. That IAB certification is a very big deal. And they offer five-day phone support with real live people, the only podcast company that actually offers phone support. And they have email support available every day of the week. 
And if you're currently hosting your podcast elsewhere, and I can honestly say I used two other hosting companies before Blueberry, but the larger the virtual couch got, the more I realized I needed all of Blueberry's advanced features. Let me go through a few of those. Like, and Blueberry Podcasting is fully integrated into WordPress. This is a big deal. They have a PowerPress plugin for those who are already using WordPress, and it makes uploading and promoting your episodes a piece of cake. But you don't even need to be a WordPress uh, user to launch your podcast with Blueberry Podcasting. They provide every hosting customer a basic WordPress site if you need one. So you got that website that goes along with your podcast. That's the reason why Blueberry Podcasters have the longest lived shows in the podcasting space. Over 80,000 shows are taking advantage of Blueberry's podcasting services. And all independent podcast hosts receive unlimited bandwidth on each of their flat rate plans. Blueberry has a pro hosting option for commercial shows, and it has an incredible offering of basic ad injection, which is something that I've been taking advantage of again for the virtual couch and is one of the main reasons why I switched over to Blueberry Podcasting to begin with. If you need editing services, BlueberryPro.com can help, or they have independent partners that are there for you as well. Blueberry Podcasting is designed to scale as you grow from whether it's one to 500 shows on the same platform. So right now, you can get 30 days of Blueberry Podcasting free. It includes hosting and stats and a WordPress website if you need one. Publishing is as simple as create and upload. So what are you waiting for? You will find a link in the show notes on this very episode, or you can go to Blueberry.com, and it's spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com, and use the code B-L-U-014 to get 30 days of Blueberry Podcasting for free. Again, just head to the show notes of this virtual couch episode, or just go to B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com, sign up and use code B-L-U-014 to get 30 days of Blueberry Podcasting for free. I can't wait to see you out there on the podcasting interwebs. Okay. Can we talk about your son for a second? Yeah, of like, course. Baby in the whole wide world. Um, <laughs> what, what, uh, what's your son's name? His name is Given. Okay. Talk about that. I mean, that's uh, such a unique name. I remember when Alex told us that. Yeah. Like, doing the, what, what, what is it? You know, and it's like, oh, I, I really love it. Is there a yeah. behind that? Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. I am pretty picky with names. I don't like want made up names for my kids, but I want them to mean something, but I also want them to be in the dictionary. There's just a lot of things that go with it. And so, um, I really wanted it to mean something. So we ended up miscarrying our first baby and I wanted something to tie in with that. So then I heard, or I kind of would, you, I used to look around the room and like look at an object and see if it would sound good as a name. I know it sounds so weird, but um, somehow Given came up and we talked about it. And then we saw a documentary um, called Given. And we kind of just were set on it after that. I was like, that's it. I'm sorry. That has to be it. And so it kind of reminds me that that he was given to us. And, you know, just anytime I say his name, even when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, he's like a gift. And it's just really nice. So I actually ended up, I went on Facebook and searched the name given to see if anyone was named that. I found two people and I messaged both of them. Oh, wow. And one was Samoan and one was African-American. And I asked them both like, I'm sorry, this is so weird, but I love this name. Like, can you tell me if you liked this name, if you were bullied, like because of it? And both of them wrote back. And one of them wrote back saying that he loved his name. He was never bullied. He was in high school, I think. And then the Samoan wrote back and he actually ended up being LDS. And he was saying that his parents, that they miscarried before him and that they named him that because of it. 
And uh, I guess, I, I don't know if this is correct, but this is what he told me, is that in Africa, I think, um, that it means gift from God. Wow. So I was like, or that give means gift from God. So I was like, that's awesome. Like we're doing it. So that's how it came about and we love it. Okay. That's a beautiful story though. That really is. I mean, yeah, I'm sure. I um, so, and, and I actually, when you just even mentioned his nickname, even give, I mean, that's kind of cute, right? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if anybody isn't following you that is listening to this, that reason enough is just to see uh, videos of Given because that, I mean, he's like hilarious <laughs> and he's cute and he seems like the nicest baby. And all right, so, and I am so, so are you just showing the good stuff or is he really that good of a baby? Oh, I've shown plenty of blowouts. I've shown <laughs> quite a few crazy things he does. I mean, I try to keep it positive, like on my space, but at the same time, I think it's important for people to see like, Oh my gosh, my kid does that too. Thank goodness. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know. It just make it also makes it more laughable mm-hmm. when you're posting about it and people are writing back like, "Oh my gosh, that happened to me last week." And you're like, "Oh, phew, I can breathe about it." Instead of being like, "This is the worst day ever." <laughs> well, and so I also I feel, now I feel bad. I should have been keeping better track of. I mean, you're right. Now that you're saying that, I think there have been days where you've even shown something where you maybe look a little more, a little more vulnerable, a little more open and kind yeah. of say, and we've had that kind of a day. I mean, do you, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right? Okay. No, I love it. Um, so are, if, if maybe we can transition to, you had mentioned uh, miscarriage first Yeah. that you would tell me, tell me about what that was like. So the first time it was when we had just gotten married, like a few months after we had gotten married. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, I remember it being hard, like them telling me, but I didn't really understand much because, okay. you know, I was newly married. Yeah. Um, and we had lived in New York City when I got pregnant. So then we moved. Um, while we were moving to Idaho, we stopped in Arizona really quick to see family. And that's when I found out I miscarried. So it was kind of like crazy. Like we were transitioning. And so I, then we got back to Idaho finally, and I had three different doctors, you know, one in New York or whatever. And then, so it was just kind of crazy. And then when I got back to Idaho, I got prescribed, it's called, it's called a pill. It's like some type of pill that Uh puts you into labor. Okay. And that was actually the hardest part for me was the actual labor. It was just, I had never known what it was going to do. I've never, you know, I had never been in labor. I didn't know what to expect at all. My uncle was my OBGYN at the time when I just came and he prescribed it to me and he just said, don't go to sleep. Like you might bleed a lot. And like, um, he said, you'll bleed for a long time. And that's kind of all he said. Wow. And so I didn't know what to expect really. And that one was really hard. I, I was in the tub for eight hours And it was, I mean, this is very graphic, but it was just filling up with blood and we would redrain it. And then there wouldn't be hot water anymore. So Cohen would heat up the water in pots and bring them in and put them in like over and over again for eight hours. And that was like the hardest part for that one. But the second one was even harder. I feel like. Okay. And and how did that happen? Yeah. The second one happened just this past October. So two months ago. And that one was more, it was more like I was, I was already nervous that it would happen because Cohen couldn't come with me to the first appointment. Uh So I kept saying to him, like, what if I miscarry and you're not even there with me? And he couldn't take off work. So he was just like, it's not going to, you're not going to miscarry. You're fine. Like, you know what you should say. Yeah. And when we got there, I had given with me and he was kind of being crazy. 
And so I was already kind of high stress. And then the midwife that I had, um, she started scanning me and then she, you know, she couldn't find the heartbeat anymore. And she's like, yeah, I mean, you're measuring, like, I think it was 11 weeks at the time. And it was just kind of all, you know, it was, it was like tumbling down where I was like, no, this cannot be happening. Yeah. And then, um, I think a week later she called me or no, her nurse called me back and her nurse called and said, you know, it's actually good news. Your HCG levels are doing like, they're really high. You're good. So it's actually the pregnancy is viable. Uh So in, in the moment I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm very confused, but I'm also really excited. And I had already told my loved ones that I had miscarried. So I was kind of confused and I just hung up with her. And then I called right back and I said, you know what? I'm kind of confused. I was told I miscarried. Okay. And she was like, uh, let me go get someone. And she got my midwife and she was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why she told you that you did miscarry. So it was just, you know, just like a roller coaster. You don't want to be up and down like that. So yeah, that one I ended up having to have surgery on just because it was a lot further along. And they ended up, I think it was like three weeks long of a wait to even be able to get into surgery. So it was just a lot of like, waiting and like not being happy with anything you know yeah what was that i mean yeah. how did that did that impact the, your marriage or was that i mean what was that three weeks like in particular the three weeks i mean i feel like both times it brought us closer for okay. sure like especially cohen's super um kind and he just like is really like just a good man you know yeah. and so he would serve me even more than he already did and I was kind of just down in the dumps. He took off a lot of work, um, which was nice because I kind of felt like I just needed to not feel alone for a little bit. Sure. And yeah, it, I felt I feel like it just brought us a lot closer. Although I don't feel like we like we talked about it that much. Yeah. Cohen's not too much of a talker. Uh-huh. I felt like I was able to journal, which helped me on the talking part, and he was able to be with me and spend quality time with with me, which helped us both. I think. Okay. No, I love it. And and I think when we were even trading some of the notes beforehand, I just, I really appreciate when you're, you know, that you're willing to share that. And I think like you were saying earlier with your first miscarriage, nobody, nobody anticipates that nobody expects that. And so I feel like, you know, then when it happens and when I've worked with a lot of clients that have gone through that, they they don't even know that they're already kind of feeling down. So they don't necessarily want to reach outward or they don't know who to turn to, or did you have some of those feelings as well? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mostly, especially with um, having a little bit of a platform, I didn't really want to share it okay. at first because I didn't want people to think I was, uh, wanting attention kind yeah. of. Yeah. And it was hard because I was struggling with, should I share it and try and help people that are also going through it? Or should I keep it to myself so that people don't think I'm attention hungry? Right. Right. Uh, so that was really hard for me. Ultimately I ended up sharing it and I am so glad I did because First of all, I made so many friends just based off of that. And and I had a lot of people reach out saying, I'm miscarrying right now too. Like I am super lost and I'm so glad that I can go through it with you. And like, and that was just special, not not only for myself, but I'm sure it helped them too to not know not to not be alone. So yes. yeah, that was hard for me, but I think ultimately it was good that I shared it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I really appreciate what you're sharing about with with Cohen. And I think even guys listening or or women listening. Uh, share this part with your husbands. I mean, I think a lot of times really even just them being there, because I think a lot of guys feel like, I don't yes. know what to do. And, you know, they yeah. don't have to have the right thing to say, or they don't have to mm-hmm. know the answers. I mean, so I like what you're saying. Exactly. You felt like him being there was, uh, was it? Absolutely. Like- I didn't feel like we talked very much about it. 
I mean, I remember when he came home the day I found out I miscarried, he came home early and he just came in and kissed me on the forehead. I don't think we talked at all. Yeah. I really don't. I don't remember it at least, which also says something. They don't have to say much. Right. Like he was just there with me and just knowing he was near me helped me and he didn't need to, you know, try and spit out some words that, because also with miscarriage, I don't think there is much you can say that right. will help, you know, like it, there's nothing that will bring it back. And you're just kind of like, you just need to feel loved. It doesn't matter how or what they say. Just, you just need to feel loved. Okay. That's beautiful. And if I can kind of say something, I know maybe I've said yeah. in the past on another episode, but I feel like, um, mm-hmm. Even, and I love what you're saying, guys, and they're, you're having your own experience there too. And tell me if this is too cliched, but I remember one of the first times as a therapist when somebody was processing a miscarriage and I was in full, you know, man brain mode. And I think my mind thought, well, you know, you can just get pregnant again. And I'm so grateful I didn't say that because right. you know, the, the, the wife in the room said, you know, I, I think people want to just say I can get pregnant again. But she said, and I, I never will forget this, but she said, you know, I already had the baby named and I had the baby, you know, mm-hmm. going to, you know, playing soccer and going on a mission, right. married and, and grow. And it just touched my heart. And even the guy in the room, I, I felt like he really felt that where in his mind, you know, he hadn't had those same thoughts right. and experiences because he wasn't carrying the baby. Right. Yeah. Is there truth to that? Yeah, I definitely, I think it's a different experience for both probably. Um, For Cohen, I mean, he, I wish he was here to correct me if I was wrong, but I felt like it was more, he was in so much pain because I was in so much pain. Yes. Um, For me, it was more, I had imagined the the age difference between Given and him. And the first time I was so excited because, you know, we were going to be parents and all that time, all that stuff that you, you just you think it up in your head and it's kind of just like any expectation that you have that gets shut down. It's hard to deal with, but when it's a life that, you know, you won't get back. And then you think about how will you see them again? You know, what's your belief on that? And I'm not even sure, you know, I'm not sure the exact logistics of that part. So that kind of gets at me sometimes where I'm like, well, I get to raise them when I die or like what's going to happen. Some people think that it's the soul will go into the next child, but you know, you just don't know. Like, so I feel like there is different um, experiences in both people, but I'm not exactly sure what his is. Cause like I said, he doesn't talk too much, but <laughs> no, I love it though. And, and so, um, and, and you had shared as well that, so then given is technically what's called a rainbow baby, right? Yes. I love that. So t- I mean, tell me more about that, that concept rainbow baby. So, I don't remember where I heard it, but um, rainbow baby is just a baby after a loss. It could be a stillbirth, a miscarriage, you know, any any type of loss, an actual death of a baby when they're a toddler, whatever, any type of loss, the next baby is the rainbow baby. It's just saying like, it's the, you know, the rainbow after the storm. It's the good stuff after the trial. So yes. yeah, we'll have two rainbow babies, hopefully. So exactly. I just think it's so special and it, kind of just reminds you that there's good to come. Yeah. So um, you had talked about wanting to get a, a doula certification. Was, was that something that came because of this experience or is that something you had thought about beforehand? No, I, I have always loved babies and um, like everyone that knows me knows I just love babies, but um, I wanted to be a certified nurse midwife for a long time, Okay. but I didn't want to go back to school to be a nurse if I didn't love it. Uh So then I started thinking about maybe I'll be a doula and 
was trying to figure out if I would actually love it. And then when I had given, I would tell everyone that how much I loved birth. Like it was the best experience. And I would just like rave about it. Like I was so passionate about it. Yeah. And everyone, it seemed like everyone was kind of confused why I liked birth. Yeah. And they were like, you actually like that? Yeah. And so it kind of got me thinking like, no, I want everyone to like their birth. Like they need to like their birth. It's amazing. So that's kind of what jump started it where I was like, no, I have to become a doula. People have to like their births. Okay, so, so that's like, that was my inspiration. I love this. Um, when my wife who, uh, who loves your stuff already, she loved, <laughs> she, I mean, it is 100%. She, she gets very, uh, passionate about the birthing process. I mean, she even said oh, that. Really? Yeah. She loved all of it. She loved all of it. So I cannot wait for her to hear that. I know it is. I mean, and I feel like she's superwoman. And I mean, it was almost like that was, that's when she just became alive, you know, that I love that. I'm so yeah. happy. <laughs> so, so what is a doula? I mean, I, if I'm being super honest, I, it's one of those where if somebody were to ask me, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I know. You know, what do you think it is? Yeah. Tell me, like, that's right. Um, but what, yeah, what yeah. is it? It's kind of confusing. I feel like a lot of people don't quite know what it is. It's basically a birth coach. So they have a lot of different roles, but mainly they're your advocate, you know, the mother's advocate, the father's advocate for their wishes during birth. And, you know, the whole process, like during their pregnancy with their, um, with their providers and all that. So they can also help with like pain, um, options to like reduce pain and reduce relief and, or sorry, reduce, um, stress. Yeah. And, yeah, they can do so much, but basically they're there for your advocate to be your, um, your support, like anything you need during birth, they can do it. They'll run you errands. They'll do anything. So it's really nice to just have someone there to make sure, you know, kind of to execute the birth plan. Yeah. And then I'm sure that the more you would do that, then there would be confidence. And I mean, I think that would be so incredibly important for somebody to be like, I got this right. I mean, you're you're doing great. Okay. Um, what, what is that certification process? Like, so the one I'm doing right now is about, well, I guess there's no timelines on anything. I'm doing an online one. Mm -hmm. Um, luckily there is no deadline. So it's nice with given that I can just do it online and you know, I won't be stressed like my paper's due tomorrow. So, um, basically you just have to go through, I think it's four books that I have that they put together and they all have like a million assignments in them. Okay. And then you have to write a few papers, read a few actual books, novels, and then you attend a few births and then you're done. Wow. As long yeah. as you pass, they pass you off. So that's exciting. Yeah. You're going to have to, I mean, well, already, I mean, you're going to have to come back on when you're ready to start doing that. Yeah. Stuff. I mean, that'll be fun to talk about. Absolutely. Your, that'd be so that. fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are you okay if we kind of shift into the, you know, the, the, the influencing, the social media. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I am so excited to just talk about this because, and, and we even had a nice conversation before we hit record. Cause I, I so don't want to sound like the 50 year old man. I am you know, saying <laughs> that I don't, I don't understand this, but uh, yeah. So, so um, first of all, you know, so there's social media content creating and, and influencing. Is that the same thing? I think it can be, okay. but it's also it also can be separate. It's really hard to explain because content creating is, it is influencing. If you use it, like let's say if I'm a content creator, I would be making videos and I could be making product um, like advertising for companies. But if I'm an influencer and I do that as well as, you know, just posting about my family, then, you know, it goes hand in hand. I don't know. It's kind of confusing to explain, but, I also think there are a lot of influencers who 
they just kind of post selfies. Right. I don't necessarily think that's content creating. Um, not that it's a bad thing. Cause I pretty much, I pretty much do that. Like just pictures of my family and you know, things that inspire me, but yeah. um yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand. I feel like you think there, and here's where my, I, and I'll, I'll stop saying the old man thing, but do you feel like, uh, does the word influence influencing past a certain almost age have a negative connotation? Do you feel like? I actually, I think it does at a lot of ages. Okay. Like even, even at my age, um, I think it just depends on the person and what their view is, but I hate the word. Okay. Um, you but saw in our notes, I wrote, yeah. this is another word. For no, no, I'm glad you're saying that. So, I mean, so, yeah, so uh, we kind of want to get away from it then. Social media content. Creates. I mean, I think the only reason I hate it is because you don't know who you're, who you're talking to if they'll hate it. Yeah. And yeah. so it's hard to say when they're like, what's your job? And you're like influencing if they're going to be like, you're stuck up or you're full of yourself. When yeah. really you're like, that's not what it's about. You know? Yeah. If you're like, no, it's, it's more about, you know, finding an audience that, that you connect with. It's about connecting with people. Yeah. And that doesn't seem stuck up to me. So it's hard. That word just seems weird to people. I think where it seems like you're saying like, I can influence people when yeah. really you're just connecting with them. Yeah. Which is funny because that's the thing where that is what even that's what advertising is. That's what, exactly. Um, and, and that's the part where I think, I don't know when that hit me, but I, I there was a part of me that said, wait a minute, why are all of, uh, why is everybody getting so down on this? And I feel like this is the way that products <laughs> yeah. are marketed and this is the way, exactly. this is where we're at now. Um, and so why is there all of this backlash? But I think you nailed it there where, you know, th- there are people that maybe don't necessarily do it from a very genuine place or they, yeah, like of course. I mean, it's such a, like, there's so many different people that are doing it that you can't just say, if you're an influencer, you're genuine, you know, yeah. it's just, you choose who you want to follow, who is, or if you don't want to follow a genuine person, that's fine. You choose. Yeah. But yeah, there's such a wide spectrum of people that do it. So, so it's hard to say if you like it or not. Okay. And how do you, I mean, and, and you can tell me if any of these questions seem ambiguous or, but um, how mm-hmm. do you find that balance between living your life and sharing your life? I mean, what, what is, how, what, yeah, what is that balance like? I, I think it goes back to earlier when I was saying like, I try to be positive, but if I think if it, if I think it could help someone, or if I think I would want to know this, if I was in this position, then I'll share it. But if it's like super negative, you know, I'm not going to post about a negative day. If I'm just like, today sucks. Like I'm just yeah. done today. But if there's something I learned from it, or maybe I'm just saying like, if you're going through a bad time too, like text me, we can talk. And I do that a lot. Like, I'll just say, DM me if you need to talk about something. And yeah. I get quite a few people I've had. Unfortunately, I've had people say that they're like committing, wanting to commit suicide and saying like, you know what, I'm just done. Like I'm going to, I'm going to out myself. And I'm just like, please let me, let me like talk you down. You know, and I usually just refer them elsewhere, but at the same time, they just need someone to talk to where I understand because I've gone through the same stuff. So it's hard. It's hard. That's like a lot of pressure, but at the same time, it makes me realize like sometimes it's okay to be a little negative if it's going to, you know, help someone realize they're not alone. Yeah. Oh, and so was that something you anticipated or expected going in? Okay. No, not at all. (laughs) No, I, I feel like, um, the first time anything like that happened was I posted something like, um, get something off your chest or something like that. Thinking people would say like, I put my friend's toothbrush in the toilet, you know, whatever. (laughs) And instead I got things like I tried to commit suicide yesterday or, 
you know, things like that where I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm reaching out to you immediately. So yeah. I would just like click on their icon and go talk to them. But I did not expect it. Now I didn't, I don't even know if I said the right things, who knows? But, um, one of them that, that was their first time saying that to me, we still keep in contact quite, quite often, like once a month or so. And she still is really depressed. And so it's just, I mean, not that I'm any type of doctor or therapist or anything. It's just nice for me to know that at least I tried to be a friend instead of just like not responding to their DMS or anything like that comments. So it makes me feel like at least I did my part. I referred them elsewhere to someone who can actually help them. And I, and I was a healthy distance of a friend. Oh, I would say Allison is even when you say, I don't know if I said the right thing. It's like, no, no, you did. I mean, you don't have to tell me what you said. Right. But if you're responding and saying that, Hey, I'm here or thank you for sharing, or I care. Yeah. um, That's what people need. I mean, that's that's, that's what they need. Absolutely. That is. Um, so that, that kind of, uh, leads me to the, I've been really curious to know, have you always, you know, you are so vulnerable or incredibly open. Has that always been a trait of yours? Is that something that you've kind of come to develop that, that openness or vulnerability? Yeah, I think I've come to develop it. I definitely, um, I definitely feel like I was a little more closed off in high school just because of some of the things I went through. Okay. Um, I, I remember becoming very hard, like hard hearted and just like, didn't really like anyone kind of just remember feeling just like kind of annoyed with everyone and wouldn't really talk to anyone. Um, and then, you know, meeting my husband or sorry, not meeting him, but reconnecting with my husband, actually starting to date him again. Um, after my mission that I went on, like all that, I became more open and realized like, it's not actually a big deal if I'm vulnerable. Like even if someone hurts me, it's, it's not a big deal. Okay. Are, are you, are you, uh, open to sharing maybe what, what, what are some of the trials that you've been through or you kind of mentioned? Yeah, no problem. Yeah. yeah. I actually, this is probably one of the only things I haven't shared on my social media, not because of anything. I just yeah. never really got into it, but basically to be as vague as possible to not drop names, but, sure. um, the boy I ended up dating instead of my husband, um, we dated for two and a half years and <clears throat> I ended up finding out that he was like, um, unfaithful is that the word when you're dating i don't know just ended up cheating on me with a lot of my friends and i kind of i was mostly just shocked because um one it had been so long but also it seemed like he was um head over heels kind of like everyone would say he was head over heels for me and like it almost seemed like he liked me more than i liked him and so it was kind of like like a shock where i was like not only did you cheat on me, but you cheated on me with my best friend. Wow. And then I found out about multiple of them. And so I kind of just like started spiraling where I'm like, what is going on? So then I kept taking him back where I would say, it's okay. As long as you don't do it again, like I'll, I'll date you again. Okay. And so I would date him again. And then months later I'd find out, you know, another friend came to me and said, so I'm so sorry. I need to tell you something. And I would just instantly know. Yeah. I would say, yeah, he, he did it again, probably with you too. So in yeah. high school, I lost all of my friends. Um, my very best friend at one point was his sister wow. who I ended up losing as a friend too, because of all, you know, all the drama, of course, you're going to take your brother's side. Right. So luckily I don't have any bad feelings towards them, but at the time it, it just kind of ripped me apart. And so 
I stayed with him for a long time. And then the last thing I found out was that he was addicted to pornography, which he ended okay. up telling me. And that, that luckily was my last draw. I was just like, yeah, I'm done. I'm okay. done. So, so I think. Oh, I was say, so, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, that's like this repeated feeling of betrayal or. Yes, exactly. Okay. I, I feel like that's a good word for the feeling I had in high school, like throughout the whole thing. Because it wouldn't just, just be with, control. yeah, and it wouldn't just be with with him. I mean, as you're finding out these friends, oh, friends. Best friend, mm-hmm. right? So then, does that start to okay? Who can I count on, or who can I believe? In? Exactly. Yeah, and I, I I remember a time where I used to talk when I was talking to Cohen, who's my husband now. Wow. When we were just friends, I would tell him uh, like we liked each other, but I was still having you know issues where I just didn't trust anyone. I would tell him I don't really believe in love. Absolutely. I would, I always would just tell him I feel like it's just when people get bored that they would start to say like, I love you because they needed something new. Yeah. And so they would start being like, Oh, I love you because it's new and fun to say that. Yeah. And I remember now, like all the times when I would say that to him, he, he would tell me now that he's told me he loved me that it would hurt him so badly because he loved me. And so he wouldn't tell me because I didn't believe in it. And it was just really hard because at the time I'm like, I do not, you know, I, I don't buy into that. I would just say, I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't buy into it. But obviously now I realize I was just in high school and was dating a kid far too old, you know, for me. He's yeah. way older than me and just not, not for me. It's funny though. I, I mean, even when you say that, and I appreciate that part where you're saying, I know I, now I know I was just in high school, but man, when you're in high school and this is what I'm doing. I mean, I spoke at a, at a, at a seminar yesterday where I was talking about how do you talk to kids, you know, your teens and yeah. And I mean, you know, if your if your parents go right in and say, "Hey, you shouldn't be dating, or don't date, or you you know whatever," yeah. you're you're not going to go, "Man, okay, I think I'll give all no. this up." Right, right. That exact thing happened too. So did it really? Okay. <laughs> yes, my dad had many um, screaming matches with them. Okay. <laughs> not even screaming, but like my dad is a teddy bear. Like, does not yeah. yell. The few times he has is was to him. Okay, <laughs> just it wasn't a good match. But the first time I brought him home. He, my dad said that he didn't, he didn't have a good feeling about him. Mm. And as a teenager, you're not going to listen. You know, I was just uh, like, he yeah. loves me. He writes me poems, whatever, you know? Yeah. Where it just, it just wasn't a good fit, but I'm sure he's a great guy now. And it's, you know, it's great. It's just that at the time it really messed with me. And, um, I ended up going on a mission and I, you know, I, I moved on, but at the same time, my, it's like my mind wouldn't let me. And so on my mission, I ended up going to see a psychiatrist and she, and I would have a reoccurring nightmare that was probably at one point in my mission, it was probably every single night wow. where I could not be, I couldn't even go to sleep because I knew I would get the nightmare. And so I was telling my therapist or sorry, she was a psychiatrist about it. Yeah. And, um, she ended up like diagnosing me with PTSD and depression and anxiety and basically just saying like, this is what your dream means. And it was basically all like, you think every person in your life is going to betray you. Right. Okay. So yeah, it was interesting, but it was really good to know that about myself. So I could just say like, my mind is messy. Like it has nothing to do with that one. The one thing that happened in my life doesn't have anything to do with anyone else. Okay. I love that. And so, so I mean, that's, you know, I love preaching this thing called acceptance and commitment therapy, which is saying, you know, you do have all those thoughts and emotions and feelings you have because you're human and you've had all those experiences, yeah. but now mm-hmm. it's like recognizing that, okay, I can, uh, you know, nothing's wrong with me for having the thoughts, but are they productive? And I mean, have you, right. have you had to get to that point? I mean, is that? 
Yeah. I mean, I definitely have my days, like don't get me wrong, but, but for the most part, I just think like, yeah, I have these thoughts, but like, is it true? Yeah. You know, where like, I'll think really down on myself and I'll be like, yeah, I might think that right now, but it doesn't mean it's true just because I think like, what's the quote? I think it's like, don't believe everything you think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, of course we're going to think negative thoughts about ourselves, but it doesn't mean they have any truth. They don't hold any truth to them sometimes. That's one of the biggest, I mean, one of the things I love, I almost feel like it's a warm up whenever I do go um, speak is, you know, how many of you had thoughts of running your car into a tree or stabbing your friend beside you with a steak knife at dinner or, you know, whatever. And people like, or I think they're horrified, but it's like, okay, but you know, I, I, we've all had these thoughts that just pop into our head. And just because you have them doesn't mean you're going to do them. And I mean, right. And, uh, and then it's actually, there's this thing called inappropriate thought syndrome. And, uh-huh. and I love this one. And it is the first, there's three tenets of it. The first one is we all have those thoughts. All, all of us have them at some mm-hmm. point, um, irrational, uh, irreverent, um, you know, uh, inappropriate, you name it. And then yeah. the second part of that is just cause we have them doesn't mean that it's us or it's true. And then the right. third part, which is key is thought suppression doesn't work. So then when we try to even tell ourselves not to think about it, that's where I always say that your brain right. a little sign, right. And says what this thought, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, just, just, yeah, you're right. Just saying, okay, there you are. There's a thought. Um, yeah. Right. We'll keep moving. So no, I'm glad you shared that. How did, did, did you, do you feel like you were able to, I guess, how did you kind of move past that? Did it, did it take till out of high school or on oh, your region? Yes. It, okay. it probably took till last year, honestly. Um, I feel like at first I tried to cope with it. I actually, I mean, this is TMI, I guess, but I did used to cut myself. Okay. I thought that it would, at the time I felt like I was very numb uh-huh. and I kind of just felt like anything was better than being numb. Yeah. And so I remember like actually kind of getting excited to when I, when I was hurting, I would just be like, I just need to go home and like, just do something to right. make me feel something. Yeah. And so, um, that was my first coping mechanism, which very obviously does not work. It's not healthy. And it just didn't, you know, it has no lasting. You're right. I mean, but you're right though. And, and again, I, I'm so grateful that you're being open. I, I haven't done a episode on cutting yet, um, to be honest. And I, and, but I deal with that a lot. And I think part of it, yeah, you need to talk about that more because you know, it's not just the, the, the cliche cry for help. It's more right. It's like, I don't feel anything. Right. Or, or yeah, I, yeah. I think that's a huge stereotype of a cutting yeah. is that they, they're crying for help. But right. the thing is no one knew I cut ever. Like yeah. I'm pretty sure I did it in hidden places on my hips or, yeah. you know, so it's just like when people hear that's a cry for help, they're not going to want to come to you. Right. So why, you know, why, I don't know. It's just hard when, people are going through all this mental health issues. And um, then they hear stuff like that, where it's like, that's a cry for help. They're just, they just want attention. It's like, okay, then I'll just suffer silently. Right. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. There's our next episode, by the way, I really need to, we need to talk about that. I mean, we do because because I feel like that's the thing where, um, yeah, either they're feeling something over here that they don't want to feel. So the cutting can, you know, it, 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 right. Or it's the, I just want to feel something. And so what, what, so what kind of got you, how were you able to move on from that? Was it? Um, I feel like my husband honestly exactly. kind of helped me the yeah. most. I mean, I know that doesn't help many people cause you know, they're not married to my husband, but, <laughs> but I, mean, I feel like good. Somebody- well, cause I think that's the, we need to be heard. You need to be able to talk about yeah. it. You don't have somebody that's not going to tell you, you know, you shouldn't do that. It's like, yeah, no, no, right. right. You know, but it's like, just yes. someone can listen and hear you and, and empathize and validate. And right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and especially because, he has never 
gone through anything. Like he always says it. I have never had a really hard trial. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of felt at first, like, then I can't tell you anything. Right. But really sometimes that's like a fresh, you know, a fresh pair of eyes. That's just like, wow. Like, I don't really know what to say, but I love you anyways. Okay. Where I knew you, I knew to him, I was like, you haven't gone through any of this and you still love me. So there, there has to be something good about me. If you still love me after all of this. Okay. And so I think having someone is just important. Well, I want, I want everybody to hear that part. So even if you're the parent or if you're the partner or if you're the best friend or, you know, as the therapist, it's, it's, we, yeah, you just want people to kind of hear you and yeah. not run away and not, you know, and just say, man, mm-hmm. that must be hard. You know, what's that like? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, sometimes I feel like when people will say to me things and they're almost waiting to see a jaw drop or me to, I don't know, throw up my hands or whatever. And when, when, mm-hmm. you, when you just kind of say, all right, Hey, tell me more about that. It, it's, yes. You can just watch people, this is the emotions kind of go over. I'm like, okay, I guess I can, maybe I'm okay. You know? Or, yes. And I, I love that you said that because I remember, um, talking to my psychiatrist and I had two other therapists and I remember when I would be about to tell them something, I would expect that. Okay. And when they wouldn't, even my dad, who was my bishop at one point, I would tell him something that I was feeling. And I remember just waiting for him to be like, what the heck? Yeah. And instead he'd be like, I am so sorry you're going through that or whatever. And I'd be like, wow, I'm okay. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. So and so it was really, really eye opening for me that like, you think it's everything and you think your world is ending, but really it's not. And it's just like a little thing going on that once you talk about it and get it out and get some help for it. Yeah. It's nothing and you'll be okay. Yeah. I love it. I, I used to say, and this didn't sound as powerful as I wanted to, but I would always say I wanted to develop a, what I would call the holy crapometer that would sit on my shoulder. And then when somebody <laughs> was telling me things, I would be like, look, it's not even moving. Like it's not even moving at all. No. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's somebody out there. I love that. That's so funny. Um, so, all right. So the, those, those experiences and really quick, what, where'd you go on your mission? Uh, I actually went to Costa Rica. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, would, would, would you learn how to speak there? I'm going to sound Spanish. silly. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, no, you're good. A lot cool. of people ask. Okay. Yeah, it was way still, It was really hard. But. Is, that a, is that one of those where it's like, oh, man, I can't hold all these big giant baskets of fruit? I mean, is it, you know? No, there, okay. there were there were some areas that are more, you know, third, third world. Okay. But um, like my first area was mostly... Or I guess it was half and half like North Americans. Okay. Yeah. So our bishop was from here. Okay. So, so yeah. but, but a good experience though. Yes, it was pretty good. It was really hard, but very good. Okay. So I took us off the path of the, uh, the social media content creating a bit, yeah, you're good. but I think that was the good to kind of know those are those trials that you've had, the, the, how you yeah. shaped you. So then, um, and maybe one of the questions that I had that I think we kind of answered here, but was, do you feel like sharing, about even the things you share on uh, Instagram is more of a therapeutic effect for you to be able to share and process, or is it more about the people and the response that you get, or maybe kind of both? Mm, that's a good question. I think, I think maybe kind of both. Yeah. But I don't think too much that it has like a therapeutic feeling yeah. for me to share. It's yeah. mostly if I help someone. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, I went through that for a reason. Yeah. Um, I remember, um, I don't know. I don't remember what it's called. Not visiting teaching ministry oh, yes. for, for our church that we're in, you're assigned a ministering partner who, um, 
kind of looks after you and like, make sure you're okay. But I used to hate this. I used to think it was so ridiculous and rehearsed Mm -hmm. and just kind of like, okay, I don't want to take my, you know, my time out of my day for you to come see me and act like you care about me. But I was assigned, um, a girl who she ended up having a miscarriage and she didn't know I had one, but Um, I checked up on her one day and I was just like, Hey, how are you? And she was like, I actually just had a miscarriage today. Wow! And it was so powerful that I was just like, that, that is why we do it. Like, of course I was put up with her, you know, like that we were partnered together because now my, my miscarriage didn't seem so meaningless Yeah, because I was able to help her. And luckily she felt the same. She was like, I don't know what I would have done without you. And I mean, that obviously feels good to feel like I helped. And so I was really, really happy that my trial like came, like something came from my trial is yeah, what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. So, yeah. For your good, right? I mean, yeah. Um, can I, I, okay, here's, I'm really curious about this too. Have you experienced uh, haters, you know, or, or hate on social <laughs> media? And, and if so, what's that been like? Um, yes, I have for okay. sure. Um, I've mostly experienced a lot of fake accounts uh, that will be mean to me. Okay. But the funny thing is like, I mean, it definitely used to bother me where I would cry or, you know, whatever. But uh, most of the time I can tell either who they are, exactly who they are because uh-huh. of what they're saying or okay. that they were from high school because of uh-huh. what they're saying. Okay. And so it kind of just to me, I'm like, you're still there. <laughs> like poor Poor, poor you, you know, but I've heard, um, there's a quote that's always stuck with me. It's something like what, what Susie says about Sally says more about Susie than it does about Sally. Okay. I don't know if you've heard about that, but it kind of, it kind of hits me in, in so many ways because it kind of makes me think it's the same with treating people, like how you treat them, what, how you treat someone says more about you than it does about them, obviously. What yeah. you say about someone says more about you than it does about them. Yes. So I try to remind myself of that when I get haters, especially if they're saying something silly, like you're ugly, you know, yeah. which yeah. luckily I don't get too often just because I'm sure people don't want to go out of their way to do that. But when I do, it's just kind of like, that's what you're spending your energy on. I'm so sorry. Like that stinks. Yeah. But it's not too bad. It's luckily I don't get too much, but I, you know, there are haters every once in a while. Well, and, and I, I really, I, I want to find that. I mean, that quote's awesome. I mean, cause I do feel like I even get yes. people that I, and this used to bother me, even people saying, you know, Oh, you're a therapist, you know, do, do people really need therapy? You know? And I used to feel like I had to justify that. Right. And now it's like, you know, if that's where uh, you're at, then bless your heart. And, uh, yeah. you know, remember me a few years down the road when, <laughs> yeah, here's my number. Exactly. Right. Um, but, and, and, uh, I know I put this in the notes and I apologize. I'm going to share this so quickly, but so I used to write a humor yeah. column in a newspaper for about a decade. And, you know, I thought uh-huh. who's going to attack a humor columnist. And, and I remember I wrote a, a column at one point and I was just maybe commenting on some funny tattoos I saw at a pool over the summer. Uh-huh. And then I got, I got a lot of negative feedback there about the significance uh-huh. of them. And it, and it was like, that one was one where I thought, okay, yeah, you're right. My bad. You know, but yeah. there's other ones where I got some stuff where, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, people would just want, I, I was surprised they would take the time to go out of their way to write these letters to the editor about things yes. I was just meaning humor from. And, and, right. and I, you know, and I know that people that maybe aren't in a content creation, um, platform or, or maybe podcasting where they would just say, well, just don't worry about it. Don't let it bother you. But right. I'm still right. human though. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it does. Like you say, I think you do. I think you're dead on. You start to just see the, 
the people that I don't know, they're just the ones that are just that what's the trolls or that are just kind of throwing things yeah, out trolls. there. And, yeah. Um, okay. I, I think, I yeah, just oh, a negative ahead. energy. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I think that is the, the more that I, hopefully you become authentic and the more you're kind of feeling just uh, like this, I am helping people, you know, that it's like, it's not even worth my time to kind of deal with those. Right. Or feel that way. Yeah. I think, I think it's important. I mean, not that I'm that great at this. I forget a lot, but it's important to remember the one person that was mean, you have like, 500 people that are so nice to you that are rooting you on. So it's like, it's okay. They were probably having a bad day. Just let them go. Hey, have you ever had the experience where, I mean, cause I get a, I mean, I don't know. I I get a bunch of emails every day now. And so unfortunately I don't get a chance to get back to them all. And I feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. But every now and again, I have somebody that's been a little negative. I maybe have responded to and and they're almost surprised and I'm always nice, but it's like, Whoa, you know, I, uh, a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. This I'm so curious about, this one, I'm just going to sit back and listen. So I want to okay. know, do you feel like social media in general has had a positive or negative effect on, you know, the, our generation? I, this is a hard one because I know it's very, I know it's very common and very popular to say that it's bad, like that it has a negative, um, you know, a, a negative, um, what's the word? Like a negative impact. Yeah. A negative impact on people. But I think it is, it depends on the person. Mm. And I think like, it's not one size fits all. I think you need to know yourself and what you can handle. And if you do compare easily, you know, and luckily I feel like I don't compare too much, like, or when I do, I'm excited for the other person or I use them as inspiration. I don't think that that's too common. I do remember having to teach myself that, but I think overall, if you know that you're, you know, sensitive to comparison, then yeah, yeah, it's going to have a negative impact on you. But for me, when I've made, you know, I've made my best friends on social media and I've, I've hopefully what I think have helped people on social media and all these fun things where I feel like I found a creative outlet for myself on social media. Well, of course there's also, you know, the people that have been mean to me or whatever that you could call it negative or, you know, the comparison thing, but I just think it's one size. It's not one size fits all. It's kind of like, you need to know who you are and if you can handle it. And if you can't, you need to have the discipline to not have it or even just, even just not follow the people that will hurt you or, you know, make you compare yourself. So I think overall it's, it's neutral. It just depends on who you follow. But I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying that. I know a lot of people think it's like super negative and can probably, you know, it probably causes a lot of mental issues. I just wish that those people who did cause problems for knew that about themselves, that they couldn't handle it or, you know, that they were following the wrong people. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I follow a lot of, um, mental health Instagram accounts that all they post is like awesome, positive quotes and stuff yeah. like that. You can, you can do that. That's still social media. Yeah. And it's really awesome. I follow a lot of doula accounts and midwife accounts. And then I also follow my friends. Yeah. So I just think it depends. You can mute people now where if they're, you know, if you're comparing yourself too much, you can just mute them, but it still says you're following them. Uh-huh. So you're not causing any drama. You don't have to have that anxiety of, they're going to find out I unfollowed them, which I think is awesome to like take that pressure off. Um, But yeah, to answer your question overall, I think it's neutral. 
I no, think it's it a great, on great answer. I mean, because today my wife and I were just, she follows, uh, there's a woman who, uh, you know, one of these really clean eating, healthy people. Um, yes. Uh-huh. Something Annie, she's going to kill me for not knowing who this is, but it's like, I, and, I don't and, know I mean, and it really motivates me to see that stuff. So I love those. Comments. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of talking with you earlier and I know I have a hard time sometimes making sense of this, but um, I've been in a spot where I've done some consulting and there's some pretty amazing data that just talks about, and, and I'll be super quick, but my, okay. you know, when I was relating to my parents growing up, there really wasn't a, a huge generational gap. And I think in, a, in the notes That's that right. I was sharing with you, I, and I don't know if this made sense, but it's almost like, you know, they had records, I had CDs. I mean, we're still right. trying to make Just sense a small of things, jump. Right? Yeah, small jump. And now there was this there was that I was kind of presented with that showed the jump in, you know, the, the speed at which technology is doubling or increasing that that's also the speed at which the generations are kind of increasing as well. And so the difference between yeah. me as a 50 year old guy and my, my 16 year old son is, I mean, it's not, it's not even on the same page. Yeah. Right. Not so, and, and I feel like that's kind of what we're doing with social media. I mean, it's not even necessarily, it's not even necessarily a debate of, you know, should we have it? Should we not? Cause it's here. I mean, we have it. Exactly. Right? You just need to figure out what will work for exactly. you. That's why I like what you're saying with the mute people, follow people that are, are motivating. Yeah. And um, yeah. Every day they come out with a new app, like every single day. There's so many, there's no, we're not going, you know, it's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. Right. Right. Um, okay. That, that, you know, the, one of the questions that, um, I think, uh, my, you know, we had to ask my daughter for a few of them and I love one of them was, do you ever uh, worry about making sure you're relevant in whatever is next? I mean, what is, is there, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if that's the right way to ask that question. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily worry about it because I want to be relevant, yeah. but I sometimes worry about like, Oh, if Instagram's gone, then my whole money that I get from it is gone yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. But it's not like a huge yeah. worry, but I do think like YouTube is probably the next thing. Yeah. Um, Instagram's probably fading out. People are getting bored of Instagram where they're getting bored of the same pictures. It's almost that now nothing is, nothing gives the wow factor. Yeah. When before, if you posted a cool or, you know, curated picture, it'd be like, wow, this is so cool. You'd save that. You'd send it to all your friends. Now it's like seen that, been there, done that, whatever. Yeah. So I think YouTube is definitely the next thing because, you know, you're talking more with your people. You're creating an actual bond where mostly it only happens on Instagram stories, which I feel like is becoming more popular than the feed itself now. Yes. Yeah. So it's just, you need to have a connection with the people that, you know, your audience are, they're not going to be there. They don't care about you. Yeah. So this is so interesting. I, I'm going to, all right, you're going to be my therapist for a minute. Okay. I got to process this. <laughs> uh-huh. so, this is why I think it's so, so interesting. So, you know, I, I create an Instagram account and you know, the nothing, nothing as far as like in the grand scheme of things, a large amount of followers, and mm-hmm. uh, but then my podcast is in the 99th percentile with, you know, some millions yes. of downloads or whatever. But then I take the podcast interviews, put them on YouTube. And again, not many subscribers, not many. And so it is so funny yeah. where I'll have a teenager go, you know, especially one of my clients, he's hilarious, <laughs> but he'll, he'll say, okay, I went to, you know, watch an interview of yours. He's like, you only got like a few hundred subscribers. That, 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 you know, that video doesn't have anything. And I'm finding myself wanting to defend myself and say, oh yeah, well, I've got millions of downloads of podcasts, <laughs> yeah. right? And he doesn't care. And so it is interesting to see where all of these things kind of land. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not too sure about like why they go to certain places, but I'm sure like some people are more drawn to podcasts because mm-hmm. 
you know, or some are more drawn to YouTube. Or, I know for me, I can't listen to a podcast with my, with my one-year-old in my arm. True. But I also can't watch a YouTube video, but I can scroll through. Yeah. Instagram, yeah. you know? Yeah, so I true. think for me, it's just situational and, you know, when, when I can do which one. I love listening to podcasts when I do lashes because I do lashes as a side oh, yeah. job. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so it just depends for me, like what I can do. And maybe that's some small part of it. You know, those who are on your podcast, they might drive to work for an hour and love to listen to podcasts while they can't be looking at a screen. Yeah. So I think yeah. it just depends on your audience demographic, but that is very funny. Because it is. It's fascinating to me because then I'm, right. like, I'm defending myself to a 17-year-old boy. <laughs> yes. right, back off here. You know, uh, <laughs> that's a my nice okay boomer moment there. I, I, I will say uh, I had a guy on who um, created a company called Oxbus, which is a, a podcast platform that is like this all-inclusive platform, a big company. And, and I thought it was fascinating. He said that, you know, now there's about 12 million YouTube channels. And he talked oh about how, and right now there's about 800,000 podcasts. And, and I thought this was fascinating where, you know, he said that uh, in the investment world, they believe the investors, they, the investors kind of see that, mm-hmm. all right, where the podcast world is where YouTube was at the beginning and that eventually yes. will, there will be 12 million podcasts. Yes. So you know, sure. the people that are kind of there now, because, you know, we all know those YouTube accounts where you're like, how does this guy have a million subscribers? You know, and so there's yeah, a part yeah. that's like, okay. Um, the people that are here now, maybe that's going to be part of that, you know, because they were there. Yes. I don't know. They started forever ago. Yeah. 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 So the whole For thing- sure. Podcasts are growing insane amount. Like I think just probably this past couple of weeks, I know three people personally that have started one. That's what's great. Every it's day. insane. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's insane. But it's also really cool that people are finding that, that out, you know, the creative outlet that they can yeah you know, find something fun to do, a little hobby, and maybe it turns into something that will inspire people. So that's really I, awesome. Um, I was definitely not trying to uh, plug anything myself, but along those no, lines, I love I'm going to be in Salt Lake uh, January. Yes, I heard. Right? Speaking of this Your album, daughter told me. festival. And that thing is so cool because they have me speaking on the concept of imposter syndrome. And, and basically uh-huh. it is about people that are starting podcasts and then they, they don't get the, the downloads initially because they're yes. hard. So then all of a sudden they're, they're trying to just say whatever they can to get people to listen. Yeah. But it's like, that's not, you know, you, you need to be authentic. Like we've been talking about with your, yeah, people can, they can see through it eventually. Yeah. And I feel like in the beginning of influencing or whatever you want to call it, I was like, not quite like that, but, yeah. but like that, you know, it's not that I was trying to be like someone else, but in the end I was trying to be someone I wasn't. I was kind of just posting cute yeah. pictures Yeah, and that's not, that's not all of what I am. You know, I, I have found now that like, I love being with my son and the things that I've learned about him. And I love sharing those and all that, all that stuff that people probably have seen, they saw through it yeah. and they were probably like, I'm following because yeah. it's not, it's not relatable when you're trying to be like, um, you're trying to fit the mold. Exactly. You know, it's more relatable when you're, when you're actually relatable, you know, when yeah. you're actually going through stuff that people are going through and not just like this perfect Instagram person where we're all like yeah we know you had a son that blew out today don't try and hide <laughs> right, right. yeah but you still look amazing and the light yeah. is perfect and that sort of thing um yeah. hey, i've kept you in over an hour can you are you okay sure. maybe five ten more minutes yeah absolutely hey, all right we're making this uh this is a um i, I don't know speed round big uh, yeah big episode speed round exactly because I, I i really am curious about a couple of things um yeah you know, a few things with with just regard to the um, the content creating, the social media content creating slash influencing. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, 
um, is it is it hard to share things like your religious beliefs or, or things you know, or whether it's I don't know, politics, religion, things like that? Is it is it difficult, or do you share those things? Um, I do share them every once in a while. I do for sure um, expect and get ready for backlash every single time, without fail. Every single time, I get people freaking out about it. Um, I just, I mean it's hard to not share it because that's a huge part of who I am. Um, but a lot of the times I like to just ask people mm-hmm. what they think about their, you know, what their beliefs are. Yeah. And then occasionally someone will message me and say, what are yours though? And that's when I'll share because they actually want to know, you yeah. know, I, instead of imposing on everyone saying, this is what I believe in blah, blah. I just kind of wait. If someone does want to know, then I'll let them know. And if not, then I got to know about them anyways. Okay. And so it's still exciting. Does that make sense? Oh, it's perfect. No, that really is. Um, do you, do you feel like, uh, well, I guess I was going to say, all right, the speed round, I was going to say, um, <laughs> what are, what, what are the benefits? Do you feel like, are there benefits for you and your family from being an influencer? Uh, I mean, other than obviously that it pays great. Okay. Um, I've met great friends. Some of my best friends are from Instagram where we, we never met each other in person, just like DMing so much. Yeah. Um, then finally met in person after a year or so, and yeah. now we're best friends. So that's a great benefit to it. Um, I, you know, I've met, um, like, I mean, this is so random, but I got a nanny job in Europe because of in, my influencing oh, wow. just cause someone from Europe knew someone else. And then they messaged me and they were like, do you want to be a nanny? So, I mean, those are random little things, but it does open a lot of doors and helps you meet a lot of people. Like I said, it gave me a creative outlet, et cetera. There's so many there. It's awesome. Okay. So this is a long question. Um, I, I had fun typing it out though. All right. Uh, I literally, I'm going to read this one because, uh, all right. So I I wrote, okay, what's it like to be an influencer from the aspect of, do you uh, consistently have people approaching you to talk about their products? And then I said, there's great data coming addicted to Amazon packages arriving at your door. So is every day like Christmas for you? I mean, how often are you getting things? You know, how often are people approaching you? What's that whole process like? Yeah, definitely people approach every day without fail. But yeah, but I don't, I mean, that's not saying much. I feel like because I feel like that's very common. Um, I don't, I don't ever respond if it's a, um, something I'm not interested in. I get a lot of MLM stuff, which I'm just, I'm just not interested in most of them. So I usually just stay away from them. And, um, I feel bad, but I just usually just don't respond to those because they're probably are like five or six a day. Um, and then other ones are like, you know, anything like clothing or some facial care, which I usually don't respond to either. Cause I only need one facial care, not 50. Okay. Um, and then about the packaging, I feel like it definitely feels like Christmas when I get a package, but it's not too addicting. Okay. Like, or I, I guess I don't know. Like, it's obviously exciting, yeah. but it's not like I'm like, I need to get something. Like, yeah. I won't just go buy something because it's awesome to have yeah. a package. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely exciting. You, oh, well, I love it. I mean, honestly, the, it is kind of fun when you when you're doing. Uh, I don't even know what you call them. Is it like an opening unwrapping those that where it's like you you just have oh, like, un- uh, unboxing, unboxing or a haul? Yeah, yeah. A haul. That's it. I love that phrase. Yeah. You get a haul. I mean, I, I can't lie. I'm always like, okay, what she got next? You know, and uh, <laughs> that's like a, so funny. Sippy cup that I wanted to get for myself at one point. <laughs> Absolutely, like that. I still remember that one. It was very fascinating. That is funny. Um. So 
uh, is it ever, well, so I think you answered this next one then. So there are, uh, are there plenty of just products where, yeah, it's like, what, what do they think? I mean, you know, I don't know, like beard oil or something. I mean, I'm making that one up, but it's like something that's really um, off the mark, yeah. but people are like, Hey, how about this? I mean, there are a lot that, that are like, I don't drink tea and I don't drink coffee. So those, but it's not their fault. I just am like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't drink that. Or, um, people that are just flat out rude talking about like needing to like, Oh, I'm sure you need to lose your baby weight. Let me help. And it's just like, maybe not say that. So So those people, I usually just don't respond because I don't have the time to to do that. But, um, but for the most part, they're usually trying to be relevant. Like they think it will fit my style, but it sometimes doesn't like, or I don't think it's cute you know, or something like that, which I feel bad about, but I'm not show my audience like, look how cute this is when it's not. Which I'm grateful that you say that though. Right. I think that's one of those things where people assume that a lot of influences, I'm sure just whatever, whoever is willing to pay me. Right. 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 Exactly. Okay. And then was it ever hard? What was that beginning? Like, was it hard finding the, the followers or do you feel like you started at a good time when, when people were very receptive? Mm, I don't think I started at a good time. Okay. <laughs> I feel like it was very hard, but I have noticed when I stop caring, I get more followers. Okay. When I stop like trying so hard to, you know, create the perfect picture or like whatever, curate whatever I'm saying, yeah. um, I get more followers. When I just talk about what I'm thinking and feeling, I get more followers. Nice. So like that goes back to me saying people can see through when you're not being authentic. Yeah. Um, when I am the most, my most authentic stuff, when I am like bringing out my insecurities, I get more followers. Gotcha. That so, that does yeah. so uh, yeah, so I don't even care if any of uh, Allison's followers follow me. See what I just did there? <laughs> exactly. There you I don't go. even care. That's right. Exactly. Uh, okay. Um, maybe, you know, I'm going to save this one for the very end. Uh, but what are, um, what are kind of some of the principles? Maybe you, fo- do you have principles you kind of focus on with your platform? Um, I would say, I feel like my main reoccurring thought is mm-hmm. that I want people to, I want them to feel important or like, I want them to feel needed and yes. I want them to know that people care about the little things about them, like what their favorite color is and what they believe in and that kind of stuff. I think it's important, especially now when everyone's trying to be an influencer to show people that aren't necessarily influencers that we care about them too. Like it's interesting to hear and learn about people, even Absolutely. if they're not a million followers. Right. Right. Okay. No, yeah. that's very, that's very good. Um, and then, so the in perfect uh, segue into this question, would you recommend someone to pursue influencing? Because I, I'll be honest, if I meet with a teenager these days, I mean, it, they, I've had several that will say, I would like to be an influencer. Right. It is very, um, people really want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would not recommend it. I was just talking to my dad about this. Um, I would never recommend for someone to try to become one, mm-hmm. but I would recommend for someone to, you know, do something they're passionate about and find their, fl- find an, their own platform to talk about it. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. go find followers so you can talk about it. Yeah. It'd be yeah. talk about it and people who are drawn to that will come. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you just find your, I don't know how to say this word. It's like N-I-C-H-E, niche or oh, niche. Yeah. Niche. Yeah. 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 Find your niche and people who are interested in that will come. But yeah. I think when you try and do it the opposite way, it will backfire and you will be burnt out. And it's just not, 
not the best. So I would say don't try to become an influencer, but if you have something you love and that you're passionate about and you want to share it, absolutely do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Um, I think that goes back to that. Uh, if you, yeah, where I'm going to speak about at this uh, conference, if you, if you're trying to just be someone that someone else, you know, you think someone wants you to be, you are not going to, it's not going to feel authentic and people are going to pick up on that. They are definitely going to pick up on that. All right. Uh, we talked a little bit about this beforehand, so I'm excited about this one. Um, any funny influencing stories, Allison? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. This happened. So I was telling you about this earlier. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to share it, but well, you're going to allow me to share a story as well. So we're going to be both multi- vulnerable. Right? <laughs> Basically um, every once in a while, I'll get a DM that is usually a man asking if Cohen, my husband and I are swingers. And to me, it's just like, first of all, I mean, if, if I was, why would I do that with a random person? I don't know how it works, but I don't feel like you would do that with random people you'd meet online. But it's also just so funny to me because then of course my husband and I go and look at their thing and we like laugh and we're like, what is going on? Like why? But um, it's just funny that they chose me out of all those people. I'm like, you chose us to talk, you know, like me and my husband to ask that. And so that's mostly just funny, but I know there are a lot of swingers out there. It's just not for us, but it's also just very funny to, you know, even hear about it because it's very taboo and kind of just not what we've ever heard of. So I'd say 180 degrees from what your yeah your yes, experience is exactly. your relationship, right? Okay, which then when you had shared that beforehand, I was like, okay, Allison, you're, I've never told this story either. But so when when I got out of grad school, I was basically waiting to to go work for um to, to do my internship, which was going to be uh-huh. at uh, at our at the church, our church. Um, Right, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Right? I was going to do an internship there. So uh, squeaky clean, all those sort of things. And I'm waiting <laughs> for paperwork to go through. I'm working in this little private practice. And and the first client that I'm handed is a, a swinger couple. And so um, I didn't know what I was doing. Apparently, I did things okay because everybody was happy in the end. And yeah. so at the end, they were like, uh, I remember them saying, hey, uh, you know, that you really were great and you handled this well. So um, we could, you know, put your name out here on this. this at the time, I think it was a bullet board. <laughs> kind of who is like, you know, this is your niche, your specialty, that sort of thing. And, and, and man, I was so honored, so flattered, you know, I, <laughs> yes. I don't know if that really fits with exactly where I'm headed next. Right. You know? and, uh, yes. And I remember the time I was like, okay, I can only now fast forward and see now, you know, writing a book about being the swinging therapist helper and being on Oprah. And I was like, I don't <laughs> yes. know how I want that. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is just very foreign yeah. to us. I but I was like. glad to get help. I mean, it was a, yes. and everybody lives happily. That's awesome. <laughs> So, uh, all right, Allison Carlson, thank you so much. This was like thank you. much fun. It really was. Yes, it and, was. Well, and, and, and I so am grateful for what you, you, know, you shared so much in here, even about, um, even from the, the, the tender part, the, you know, the miscarriage yeah. of the rainbow baby, you've answered every question I've ever wanted to know about influencing, <laughs> and I, you know, and I'm so grateful. For that. I'm glad. So I'd love to have you on again in the future. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Emotions flying past our heads and out the other end. The pressures of the daily grind is wonderful. Elastic waste and rubber ghost are floating past the midnight hour. They push aside the things that matter most. It's